met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Uh, welcome to another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee. Uh, and for tonight, uh, got something is a little bit different tonight. We've got we've got three guests with us, three incredible guests. Uh, we've got um, Justin from the Dig Bible Podcast. Uh, now then, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is gonna be fun. Oh. Oh, it is a pleasure, mate. Thank you for joining us. We have got uh, we've got Lux from Lux Rising podcast. Now then, mate, you okay, Lux? Doing all right, my friend. Doing all right. <laughs> oh, it's nice to be speaking to you again, mate. You as well. Uh, looking forward to this one. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And we've also got um, Dave Petrella from uh, Dave Petrella channel on YouTube. Now then, Dave. Hey, General. Hey, guys. Yeah, great to be here. Appreciate hey. it. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank you for joining us again. Um, uh, before we begin, I'd just like to uh, just say something on Dave's behalf, actually. Um, uh, due to uh, numerous reasons, um, Dave's changing things slightly with his channel. Uh, and basically, what we're asking you is if you could just support him. He's uh, just recently started up a new Patreon. So, you know, you'll be getting. That additional content from Dave, and I don't know if you've heard of Dave's channel or listened to him before, but his research is it is next level. He is, um, you know, extraordinary. And the shows we've done, he blew my mind from start to end. So if you could, um, you know, we'll add the links for his um, Patreon. If you want to contact Dave direct he'll, he'll go through through things with you but we'll we'll add everything to to the show notes but dave offers um full services in tropical astrology biological principles of the east and health tips uh, spiritual guidance uh, list of services like i said contact information um for dave's we'll put all the links in the show notes um, but if you could help him in any way donations patreon we would very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, General. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I was telling General before, no problem, but, you know, if we if we want to see uh, good quality content that's uh, it's fair, you know, and it's going to be to the point and clear, uh, encompassing as many possible. Uh, I, what I said was probable explanations. It's kind of how I look at it. You know, a lot of times people will come in and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's you know, we think it's this." Well, how about the other seven possible ideas that you're not mentioning? You know, I, 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 it's very important, and when, especially as a scientist, because I'm a scientist, in addition, is that when you're trying to explain something, you put all credible ideas on the table, 
and then you try to remain unbiased and you let your data lead you where you're going you know so uh it's very important to do it that way for me and um it's also the only way to be fair and, and to be actually scientific so that's what i'm endeavoring to do on my channel and uh, you know i really need your support guys to keep doing my shows uh, i've had lots of uh, opportunities with um you know cable television networks and stuff like that i've learned unfortunately a lot of it's um kind of plugging their propaganda machine you know i thought someone coming in with good content would be able to uh kind of triumph over that doesn't really appear that way so i'm uh, reaching out to you guys and I, I really appreciate your support yeah not a problem mate um we're in this together at the end of the day um and i know yep. you would if i asked you for assistance or anything like this i know you you would you would jump at the opportunity mate you uh, you know you've had my back before and i appreciate it um so yeah and you, just, you um, deserve it mate Thanks, just man. one thing to to say quickly you know for listeners uh like especially in the conspiracy community i would say like a lot of times if content creators ask for donations or money uh, a lot of times people will say that they're they're scamming or, or why would they need money to continue a podcast because it's just a mic and a computer it's so much more than that and you know you got to support the people that you listen to because in in one breath people will say don't pay for podcasts or something like that uh but then they have five subscriptions to like netflix and hulu and so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And people yeah. don't realize either, man. It's the monthly subscriptions for your editing software, your your website, your uh, your RSS feed. You know, even if you do videos, all the royalty monthly fees you got to pay for the stock videos. I mean, it's costly. A lot of people don't realize how much money and and time goes into this. That's true, that uh, Justin. That's true. Uh, I mean, like I said. Um, Dave, Diaz is very, very, um, I'm going to put it, he's very distinct at what he does uh, and unique as well. There's not many at level of the research as Dave. I mean, we did a show on Egyptian, was it Egyptian symbology, was it, uh, Dave? And fuck, it, seriously, from start to end, it was like as if my brain was being melted and then being reformed and then melted again. It was incredible. Um, that's what it should be like. That is what, uh, that's the level of research Dave does. He is, um, he's up there with, uh, in my opinion, he's up there with the best of them. Thanks, John. It's only, it's, it's only right to... Uh, I mean, do you know something? Even if it's, it might sound silly, this, even if it's whoever listens to it, a dollar, just for example, a dollar just for listening to that one episode, that, you know, that would mound up. But I think that that's more realistic than people asking for, um, like, like, just said tier four, uh, $100 a month. Because that's what some people apparently ask for. That's ridiculous. People, you know, who's going to be able to afford that? Not many. Whereas just a small amount, even if it's a donation for each episode, it's better than nothing and it would mound up. Oh, yeah. And if it's 5 or $10 even and you've got 1,000 people, you're, you're good. You know, <laughs> even if you've got 500 yeah. people, yeah. even if you've got 100 people, you're, you're pretty good. You know, yeah. so it doesn't you're not. 
you're not doing it to make a profit. You're doing it to make <laughs> make ends meet. You know, I mean, that's correct, that's correct man. Yep. That's all you're really trying to do. I, I'm trying to pay my bills, guys. You know, and that's what it is. It's that uh, I was telling General, it's like, well, you know, we live in a world where we charge each other for stuff, so. It's like I, I need the assistance because I'm being charged for my rent and utilities and, you know, all this stuff, man. Car insurance, it, it really adds up. Yeah, it's uh, a bit difficult, can't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's nobody in a worse position than me at the minute. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think if it wasn't for, for like, for you, looks, I mean, everybody you're talking to now has... Uh, you know, check, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm okay in that. And, and I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, to me, if if I could do my show, I don't know where my head would be. Uh, it takes my mind off it. But you know who your true friends really are at times like this. That's uh, true. It is, mate. And, and other people, that uh, when they show the true colours, you know, Say no more. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And it's getting more and more important every day as we move ahead. You know, the world's getting more, in my opinion, more unstable, more unpredictable, crazier, you know, and so you got to find the people you vibe with and stick with them. Yeah, that's true, that, mate. Especially, you know, that. especially people. I stay all the time, every, like, pretty much almost every show I do, that my objective is to help people. And anyone who knows me knows that's the only thing I do. Always out helping people, man. You know, always helping, trying to help the underdog. Yeah. Trying to get help people get on their feet. Like I'll go out of my way to do stuff. It's like, you know, I, I just just need some support myself. And also, I'll tell you what. The last thing I want to say about this is that um, part of it for me too is that if I'm doing shows, then and there's not any financial support coming in, then I'm actually going to be forced to actually do, you know, traditional style work, which I'm not saying is an issue. I'm just saying. If people want the quality and the volume of shows coming out that I've been doing recently, uh, I can't I can't afford to do that if I'm if I'm working full time. You know, just to be quite honest, if I'm working full time. I come home and I, and I I lay on the couch, man. You know, and relax after my shift. So I'm not gonna be doing shows and stuff if I have to get out to that. What did I say to you, Dave, when you said that? I'm like, no, you need to do your show, mate. Don't stop doing your show. I know, man. Yeah, I need the support. You know, so uh, please help uh, me out, guys. Yeah, you're you're one of the the few shows. I mean, I used to listen to loads of different shows, but you are one show that I that I listen to and I look forward to when you release your episodes, David. That's just because of the level uh, of the, of your caliber. It is uh, brilliant, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate it, General. Yeah, I really do. Ah, not a problem, mate. It is a it's a pleasure, and I'm proud to know you, Dave. So anyway, I've been looking forward to this because I, I, it just—I uh, know it's going to be uh, very specific, but astrology, astrology from a biblical perspective, Justin. Yeah, see, when people talk about you know astrology or astronomy, you know, especially in the, uh, the Christian world. Uh, a lot of people they freak out you know they think it's you know they think of horoscopes and they think of witchcraft and just all these things but i mean it, it's there in their bible and if you read it i mean even the very first book of the bible you know genesis chapter 1 verse 14 says 
God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heavens to separate the day from night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So scripture tells us that the stars were created for signs and seasons, days and years. It's a perfect clock and calendar. You know, the sun, the hour hand, the moon, the, the day of the month, and the constellations for seasons. And when you get into Acts chapter 2, verse 19, it said, you know, I will show wonders in heaven above. And the ancients, you mean, you can look back, they've been mapping the stars and looking at these stars since the dawning of time. Uh, we had Dr. Aaron Judkins on our show. He just got back from Gebekli Tepe and was uh, excavating over there. And they're finding that uh, they can find how the complexes were made and what time by the entrances and the alignments for the, the sun. From, and these from are supposed the, to be. From Gebekli Tepe? Yeah. Because that's it's like some, quite an old place, that, isn't it? One of the oldest. Uh, yeah, these guys were supposed to be stupid hunter gatherers. Well, and even with the Dead Sea Scrolls, there were horoscopes that were found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. So what's that doing there? <laughs> they said they found if they're not, if they're not horses. The horoscopes were found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> It's just, uh, I, honestly, mate, it, it is just, uh, it just sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? it yeah, it, I mean, it's even Psalms, just, you know, <laughs> what, was that, that, what was that guy's name, that scientist uh, that came from Germany that launched the NASA space program? You know, he had Psalms 19 put on his headstone, you know, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, you know, I'll see that. Today yeah. it pours out speech and night reveals knowledge. Yeah, it is. Um, is it Dan Von Braun? Is it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Adolf then, but <laughs> once it's gone that well. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of Christians, you know, um, they just automatically kind of will think that astrology or, or anything that could be deemed esoteric or occult is inherently evil like i grew up in the church and it was instilled in my brain that you know, don't even touch the stuff and when i had questions about certain verses or books in the bible and i would go to the preacher and ask he would just he wouldn't answer the question he would just say don't more or less don't worry about it god's uh, in control and everything is is perfect in the bible it's God's written word. So it yeah. was always felt like there was a, uh, uh, I, I don't know, just sort of like a gatekeeping of that information. And honestly, I think it's ignorance because, you know, I don't think it's some grand scheme to hide things from the church. It's just when they go to seminary school, they got their set plan, they, they've learned what they've learned. And then when they get to, you know, difficult verses like Genesis 6 and, and weird stuff, they're like, oh, well, we'll just we'll just skip that verse, you know. And I like how Mike Kaiser said, you know, if it's weird, it's important. And our problem is that this is an ancient text, and we're trying to interpret the ancient text with our modern minds, and and we're falling short. Do you think? Do you think they they avoid uh, speaking about uh, 
the, the weird stuff like, uh, do you think that would be Genesis 6? Would that be classed as the weird part of the Bible, do you think? I don't, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not sure. That, that's what Gary, yeah, that's what Gary Wayne covered in, in his first part of Genesis 6 conspiracy. Uh, to me, that's the most fascinating bit. Not that I know the Bible, because I don't, it's just from like the what Gary spoke about and others have spoken about. Uh, but it's, do you think there's a particular reason why um, they don't like speaking about it? Or is it just because they don't they don't know? Well, see, I just think it's because it's weird and it's difficult to explain. But that's one thing that I wanted to dive into because it, it's connected with this, you know, astrology, you know, and, oh. and astronomy in the Bible. Because you know, it says in Genesis one, you know, that the stars were put in the heavens, you know, for signs and for seasons and things like that. So I mean, it was knowledge that was intended to be, you know, given to us. But you know, somewhere along the line, it's in, the intent and the knowledge was perverted. You know, in Romans chapter one, verse twenty-five, Paul says they traded the truth for a lie and worshipped the created things instead of the Creator. And then Acts chapter seven, verse forty-two, but God turned away and gave them over to the worship to worship the host of heaven. You know, I believe this verse is referring to the events of the Tower of Babel, depicted in full context in Deuteronomy thirty-two, verse eight. You know, there it states that when the nations were divided amongst the sons of God, Hebrew, you know, this is B'nai Elohim. Every time this phrase is used in scripture, it's used to describe heavenly angelic beings. You know, this, this isn't the beginning of the knowledge being perverted, though. You know, for that, we got to go back to Genesis 6. Because there we find that sons of God phrase again. Because in Genesis 6, you know, it says that, you know, the, the sons of God seen that the, the daughters of men were fair and came down and bred with them and made Nephilim giants. You know, and these were the, the mighty men of old. Yeah. The book of Enoch says that these angels, when they came down, they gave divine knowledge to humanity and they were worshipped as gods in return. And it goes into great detail. You know, all these different angels taught everything from uh, the art of war, making of swords and shields, uh, uh, astrology, uh, the cutting of roots, you know, and witchcraft, uh, beautification of the eyelids, and even goes as far as abortion. Yeah, great. I wonder. I wonder who um, introduced taught knitting. You know, we got like that cool stuff, and then somebody's going to be at the back end there. Knitting. Who wants to yeah. join me for knitting classes? <laughs> Crochet <laughs> 101. Crochet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that whole Genesis 6 thing, I mean, that that's the uh, the ground zero. You know, right. but I'm sure, you know, with your audience and, and some of you guys, I'm sure, you know, are familiar with it too, you know, but so I, I won't go into great detail, you know, but it, you get these few verses about these fallen angels and their offspring in Genesis and Nephilim, you know. They don't feel they don't need to be the dead horse necessarily because, you know, they had oral tradition, you know, and then the book of Enoch, whether you believe that it has a, an earlier writing or a late writing, you know, they still had the oral traditions. So this was something that they all, you know, knew about. So yeah. they came down, they'd done all these things, and they worshipped these uh, fallen angels as gods. And they, you know, they taught them astrology and all these things. And I think that's where 
it's talking about, you know, when Paul says they trade the truth for a lie and, and worship the, the heavenly things, the hosts of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about that, Dave? I, I know that uh, you're real big into astrology. And you familiar with yeah, any this... of the, the context of the Bible or? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, there's so much to say. I'm just, I've just been sitting back and <laughs> enjoying what you guys are saying, man. It's not, I was <laughs> telling people before the show, it's not often I can just kind of listen to the conversation and, and enjoy it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's so many places to begin with it. I agree with you. You know, of course, Genesis talks about there being signs in the sky and seasons. And let's not forget the um, star of Bethlehem. What the hell was that? Uh, some people think it was a craft, actually. You know, I'll throw the monkey wrench in right now. Some people say that, yeah, a moving star sounds like a UFO to me. And mm -hmm. basically, it's like, come on, guys. And the Magi were supposed to be astrologers coming from Persia. It's, come on, guys, follow the star, and we'll show you where the, you know, the newborn king is going to be born. Um, some, people think, some people think the star of Bethlehem was a conjunction between Jupiter and Venus, which means, in, in astrology, it means that they're essentially right next to each other or even right on top of each other in the sky from our perspective. Um, so there's so many different viewpoints on that. Uh, the other thing about it, too, is that I'll throw another monkey wrench in right off the bat. We'll get things get things exciting. Um, it's already exciting. You guys are doing a good job. But the thing that I think about with the fallen angels, sometimes they're called the watchers. Um, the Nephilim are closely associated oftentimes with that, which uh, some people actually say the sons of God are actually the Nephilim. They're the giants. Uh, which right. is a cross crossbreed between the fallen angels and the humans is what it's claimed to be. Um, and that's one of the reasons supposedly that the, that the flood was sent because it was considered an abomination. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. how dare you cross species and make uh, things that are monsters and all this stuff that were not part of the original, say the genetic plan. So yeah. one of the things, one of the things I've suggested in the um, actually Garden of Eden story, me and Robbie Marks, who's a wonderful contributor to this show, generally, and him are really good friends as well. And actually, that's how I got involved was through Robbie and uh, General for one of the yes. shows. In the well, me and Robbie did a show on on the Garden of Eden. It was actually my first podcast that I produced last December. And uh, if you guys want to hear some of the real, real and heavy controversy, I would I would really recommend listening to that in terms of what actually happened. What actually happened in the Garden of Eden? What is this story about? Uh, we, we laid out, I don't know, probably 10 possibilities, you know, and like I said at the beginning, I want people to see the options. And then I already know what I think, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to make it easier and more understandable and clearer so that you know what's in front of you. And then you can start picking, oh, let me look at this theory. Let me look at this theory. Oh, how about this one over here? Um, and I, I don't see a lot of that these days. People come out and say, yeah, it's this, it's well, you know, your opinion, you know, but there's also about 10 other people I know who are saying about 20 other different things. How about them? And some of those people are intelligent, too. You know, let's let's see what they got to say. So um, what I was going to say is that I think uh, one of the things I thought about is and you're going to like this one, General, for sure. I know this because you love the alien topic. Uh, yes. I like it, too. I like it, too. Man. Um, and mostly for me, it's because I'm trying to understand our world and our universe. But the thing is, is that uh, some people think they're throughout history and there's some evidence of this in some ancient uh, scriptures and texts. And certainly people who channel come up with this a lot or, you know, with psychic abilities and things. And they say, yeah, there's been actually competition between several different 
ET species since the beginning of time. And they're talking on a galactic scale, you know, not our solar system, just like all, all outside into the galaxy, possibly further. And uh, one of the things I thought about a lot, especially when you think about the Garden of Eden story, it talks about the serpent, of course. But why is it a serpent and not, you know, I get, I get that serpents are usually depicted as sly and stuff, but there's some really weird descriptions about the serpent actually originally um, standing on in like a humanoid type figure. Like it's not like a, not like a snake, not like a snake serpent. This is from like, um, let's say if it's from like the, uh, the, some of the Kabbalah teachings and the Zohar teachings from the esoteric side of Judaism. There's supposedly some texts that refer to that, that actually the serpent was essentially humanoid. It had legs. And that the punishment was for that to crawl on its stomach. So originally it wasn't created that way. And when I think about that, I start thinking about the reptilian race of, of aliens. And, you know, in terms of there's a lot been a lot of talk about that through history and especially hot topic recently. And I think I that. that uh, oh, yeah, man. And I think that we're probably talking about uh, different ET species who are like super conscious, super intelligent, not necessarily moral. Definitely a lot of them are not moral, so a lot of them are, though, uh, competing for control of the Earth narrative. And I think a lot of them are coming down and saying, oh, let's try to trick them into doing this and this and this. So what I've suggested, in addition to, and believe me, I spent a lot of time with the Fallen Angels story and the Watchers and all this stuff. And I ask people, I'm like, all right, so who were they? Were they like gods? Were they like humanoids or hybrids or greys? Or what, what are we talking about here? Who are these Fallen Angels? And you know, I think uh, the Alberino's outlook on that. We we had him on the show, and he was, you know, he's been on Ancient Aliens and stuff too. And he, oh he, yeah, he Tim, Tim, saying, Timothy, right? Yeah, yeah, Timothy's okay. awesome. But that uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, that this is a a war. He said, and if you want to, you know, he said the Ancient Alien guys. He said they're all over what I believe is the truth. He said, that, but they they put an alien label on it. He said. Right. You know, if they take to the biblical perspective, he says it's the exact same story that the Bible is telling. He said, but they're just saying that it's aliens instead of fallen angels. And he said, so if you want to get technical, he said, if you want to get textbook about it, you know, he said, God, you know, angels, Satan, all these things are not of this world. He said, so technically, by textbook definition, you could call them extraterrestrial. And uh, I thought it was cool you brought up that Nakash, you know, Mike Heiser, you know, discovered uh, not this, you know, a couple of years ago when he wrote about it in his book and stuff, you know, that word in Hebrew is is Nakash, you know, for the serpent. You know, he said, yeah, you know, it can mean serpent, but it can also mean the shining one or the one who practices divination. You know, and I love how he said, you know, context is key. He said, so, you know, we know serpents don't talk. This serpent spoke to Eve, and she wasn't, you know, taken back by it. Uh, she conversed with it and trusted what it said, so she was obviously familiar with it and didn't question it. He said, so what makes more sense, that this was a, a snake or this was a shining one or, you know, a divine one in the Garden of Eden on God's holy mountain that Eve and Adam were familiar with and seen every day that just rebelled against God? Yeah, 100%. first time I read that, man, that blew my mind. Well, the thing, yeah. the thing is, those are really good points, man. The thing is, um, the the thing I want to add 
was that a lot of times in through mythology, because I spent, you know, you got, I'm sure you guys have too, but I spent a lot of time with mythologies, uh, all the different mythologies, you know, I don't discriminate because I, wa- I want to see what, how they explain the world. Like, this is what I think. Well, what do you guys think? I give people an, a chance and I shut my mouth and I listen to them until they're done, you know, because uh, I'm interested. And that's also being respectful and honoring people and, and things. So I think that um, the idea of, uh, well, first of all, Homo sapiens, what is that? Why, why does part of our name have like serpent in it? I don't like that. You know, tell, some, someone explain to me where that comes No, I'm not saying well, you guys. That's well. strange. That's strange. <laughs> Do you know what's strange as well? Uh, in my opinion, now it might sound a little bit strange to some people, uh, but I mean, I mean, look at us as um, human beings. We we shed skin. That's true. We, oh yeah. We are waterproof. Um, so in a way, um, you, you you know we've got a part of reptilian brain. <laughs> We are hybrid uh, entities as as a race. Yeah, I agree with you. And of course, the um, if you guys obviously I know a lot about anatomy because I've had a lot of training in biology, both both in the Western and Eastern traditions. And the thing about it is that have a look at the spinal column. It looks like a freaking like uh, cobra. Like look at the sacrum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, man. And then and then when you get up into the brain. And well, it could act, it could technically, usually in, in the physical world, things are almost always dualistic, if not always. You can kind of flip it either way. You could have the, the sp- um, sacrum, the tail of the spine, be the tail of the serpent, or, vi- or actually flip it the other way. And if you're looking at the sacrum as the head of the serpent, then you're actually your spinal, not just the cord, well, the column, but it's actually probably more the spinal cord, which is truly cylindrical. And that's actually very much like a, a snake's body. But um, the other one is if you get into the brainstem, look, have a look at, like, pull up a picture of a, a 2D picture of the brainstem. It looks like, I'll tell you what it looks like. You guys are going to be amazed if you haven't heard this, but it looks like a serpent's head biting an apple. And that part of the brain is called, the, it's called the medulla oblongata in the pons, if you want to look that up. And so when you're talking, and here's, again, the, all the illusions are there. All the metaphors are there. You're talking about the tree in the Garden of Eden. And it's like, okay, well, if you know anything about esoteric biology, uh, the spinal column is, it's the tree of the body. It's your cosmic axis of the body. So like the serpent, it's the spinal cord of the serpent um, in the body being the spinal cord and the spinal column is actually the serpent in the tree because the tree of the body, the cosmic axis of the body is the column, the spinal column. (laughs) Unbelievable. uh, It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and then especially, you know, in the garden when there's this fall, I mean, to me, I I think it's a fall from some prior, higher um, existence. And, you know, this this fall, and then, you know, you have all over the Bible, these crazy different entities that are being described with like 18 heads or dragons (laughs) with like a billion (laughs) arms and stuff, right? Like, these people who are writing this are trying their best to describe it in a way that future readers will be able to understand. So, so much of it is an allegory and not meant to be taken uh, literally, in my opinion, you know? So, yeah, a lot of that's metaphor. Like, I'm going to get there, but uh, you're talking about, you know, the different heads and faces and stuff. You know, that's the four living creatures. That's astronomical, in my opinion. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially the Revelation stuff. Yeah. But what's crazy uh, is, like, so many people... I'm sorry. David, you going to say oh, that? Oh, no. I was going to ask you, man, if... Um, the way that I... If you're talking about... Uh, well, it's actually in several books, but if you're talking about Revelation, I think it's in Revelation. Probably in a couple yeah, places. But, yeah, yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel's wheel, absolutely. And, and Enoch as well, and all this stuff. Um, but the thing is, is that... And I'll tell you guys from an astrological perspective, because I am an astrologer, of course, is that when you look at the zodiac, you know, the zodiac is the circle of 12 signs. Mm-hmm. We ensure one of the signs based on when we're born, with this, what sign the sun is when we're born. That's called your birthday. Um, the thing about that is that if you look at the description, I think, again, I think it's in the book of Revelation. Um, it yeah, talks about... Faces. Okay, so you obviously you know which faces they are. Oh, yeah. I already know what I'm going to say, but basically those are called the fixed signs of the zodiac. Um, they're also called the ordinal signs in like a compass, which means it's halfway between like north and east and north and west and, and south and east and all that stuff. It makes a cross and those four animals are what is being described. So it's actually talking in, in I think I'll be honest with you guys. I think it's also like some kind of a, a monster uh, or an ET craft. I, I, I work on many uh, dimensions and many levels of meaning at the same time. So I used to be like, oh, no, it's it's not like some kind of weird half biological, half like technological hybrid craft, like conscious yeah. weird thing. I'm like, no way. And actually, I, I actually believe it is in addition, of course, to the main meaning for me, which is that it's the fixed signs of the Zodiac. And I'll just go through them really fast. It's the bull, which is Taurus. And you go to the uh, other corner and it's actually going to be uh, Leo, which is the lion. Then you go to the okay. bottom corner. I believe it's uh, describing this uh, this uh, depiction as the. I thought it was the eagle. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, yeah. And then the other the other one is uh, the human, which is Aquarius. Those are all Aquarius, the ordinal yeah. signs. So it's showing it's showing you the zodiac. I think it's showing you some other weird stuff too. And it doesn't have to. The Bible is uh, for me. It's a many tier, many level uh, manual. It's astro theological. It's also uh, anatomical, which I spend a lot of time with. For instance, uh, Sarah and Abram from the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament. Well, that's Sarah Abram. Sarah Abram. It's Sarah Abram. So something's going on with that, you know. And the cherubim. It's the cerebrum. So you can't you can't look at that and be like, oh, that's crap. It's like a direct match, you know. Unbelievable. And it just uh, Mary Mary Magdalene, the amygdala in the brain. Come on, you know, easy easy connections. Yeah, see, that was some things I was going to talk about, too, was the, the four living creatures, because you got them in Ezekiel chapter one, and it mentions okay. the wheels within wheels. And that's a lot of times people, you know, talk about, you know, that being a spacecraft. And then you also see these four beasts or living creatures uh, in Revelation. And, yeah, that's the, the four, you know, cardinal points in the Babylonian zodiac. You know, and they were, you know, held captive there for, you know, a long time and trained in their ways. and even Daniel was one of the chiefs of the the Magi and taught this, you know, knowledge, you know, to the people. And they, you know, I mean, they exchanged the knowledge with each other. But what I thought was crazy is like with the wheels within wheels. Okay, it talks about those, the, the four living creatures. And, you know, and as Dave talked about, you know, those are the, the constellations. So then it says, and within them was uh, wheels within wheels. And then it said they had eyes all about. 
Well, the Hebrew word is ayin. This very same word is also used to describe uh, shining objects or glimmering things. So stars shine and glimmer. So me, I believe these wheels within wheels are basically the, the pathways or the highways, if you want to call it, that the stars travel in and their fixed uh, orbits or whatever you want to call that. Because well, like when you take a, a camera, you know, and, you, and now we got, you know, we could got all this technology. We can point a camera up, you know, like at the North Star and do a time lapse. And what do you see? <clears throat> wheels within wheels. Yeah, I'll go ahead and share something with you guys real quick, uh, Lee. If you could let me share my screen with you. Not a problem. I think you'll find this uh, pretty interesting, uh, just considering everything that we're talking about here. Yeah, I, I went looks so as uh, showed this. I, I'm sure I sent everybody that video of what Alan Brandy um, got footage of, uh, which I mean, I, 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 I haven't got a clue what it was, but first thing came to mind was Eofanim, which is the, um, I think that's basically what he's just been talking about, like a wheel within a wheel type entity or craft whatever it was do you remember me showing you the video uh yeah he's the, the yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah yeah oh it's come through looks yeah so hopefully everybody can see that wheel of fortune so that is yeah, the I wheel it's the wheel of fortune card um from the tarot now the tarot and you know, the Hebrew language, they go hand in hand. <laughs> and so much of the tarot is depicting things that are in the Bible as well. Now, we just were talking card, about, that, we were just talking about a wheel within a wheel, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Dave, you were just talking about the four cardinal directions and the representation of those, like how they're, uh, what they look like visually, right? So you said that one had the face of uh, a man, one had the face of a lion, one of a bull, right? All representing yep. the all representing the zodiac. You got it, man. Yep. So I mean, this is is stuff like this. It's right under um, even occultists' noses, and they don't even make the connection that there's so many things that are interchangeable between the Bible and tarot. Because I mean, I won't go crazy into it, but the the tarot is a representation of the spheres on the tree of life, right? So, uh, yeah, they get, they go hand in hand, and it's just very wild when you. And also, you got a snake on there too. So, <laughs> like, it's yeah, things. Uh, yeah, things are uh, go a little bit deeper, you know. I love this occultism, esotericism. I mean, uh, maybe they're reflecting things from the Bible, and things from the the Bible. Are then being reflected in the tarot, so yeah, like they go hand in hand, sort of. And the tarot is so incredibly old. I mean, it goes. It's hard to even like peg exactly, but I would say ancient Egyptians. So, and we know if we look at like books of of Exodus, Genesis, right? Um, Moses is he's he's conjuring magic to part the seas, you know. He's using yeah. occultism in in that book. 
Solomon, he built the temple by using uh, controlling demons, right? So maybe occultism yeah. and the Bible are not, they might be saying the same thing just in a slightly different way. And that's why conversations yeah. like this are so important because it's helping to pull back the onion to figure out what the, what the overall message is. Yeah, and I think with, with, uh, with regards to what you just said there, Lux, is when, especially you, when you, you explain things in great detail, actually showing this card now, and we can all see it, it makes it so much more understandable. Um, but I've got a question here. What, what, you know, each of the, uh, like the, the eagle, uh, the angel, they've all got books. What would that represent? Would that represent the Bible, do you think? Or a general knowledge, yeah. Knowledge, yeah. I, I can comment on that too, guys. I've heard, um, I, and I want to throw my support also behind Santos Bonacci. He's one of my uh, friends. I actually learned the basics of astrology from him back in 2015. I believe I heard from him that the, uh, four, the four creatures of the four books represent the four Gospels, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. Which and it's there, and you guys, I'm sure, are familiar with it. But we got to remember that it's kind of telling the same story, roughly, from the New Testament about Jesus's life and his crucifixion, all this stuff. And I mean, that's an amazingly loaded topic. That's probably my favorite topic of all time is the story of Jesus, um, because I start going into you know ten, twenty different levels of meaning on what what we can be looking at with that. But the thing is, is that um, the four, they're, uh, it's all roughly the same story, but they have a different feel to them. You know, the four Gospels, they feel different. And John is very mystical. The last one is like, whoa, this is now we're getting in some, into something good here. The logos, have, the word, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Because like, like I think in Matthew, I'm pretty sure Matthew, uh, it's very like kind of to the point, to the book, kind of rigid. I'm like, OK, I get it. And then, like, as you go through the Gospels, it's like, okay, now we're getting to something interesting. They tell the same story. There's a few different details added in, but the tones are, like, radically different. So I think it's associated with those uh, four signs. That's a good point. Yeah. And, now, and uh, speaking to the four beasts, the, the other one the, I mentioned was in Revelation. Now, this was really cool. I found this out uh, through uh, Mike Kaiser's book, uh, Reversing Hermon, I'm pretty sure. But he was talking about that, uh, you know, of course, the four creatures was the constellation. But in that um, verse in Revelation, it also talks about the throne room of God. And it says, you know, that his throne's in the center, and on each side of him was the four living creatures. And then around those uh, four living creatures was the 24 elders. You know, the book of Isaiah says that God's throne sits on the firmament, or the circle, whichever translation you're reading, of earth. So you got earth, you got the throne, the four living creatures on each side, and then the 24 yes. elders. And then the book of Matthew, you know, Jesus says, uh, is there not 12 hours in a day? So they established the 12-hour day. So 24 hours in a full cycle. So uh, what Mike was saying was, is in his opinion, was, you know, that was showing that all this craziness is going on in Revelation or it's about to go on. But he's assuring John and the readers saying, I sit on my throne above earth with the constellations around me 
and the 24 elders, which is the 24 hours in a day. So basically showing that God is at the center of all time, space, and matter and in control. I never seen it that way or understood it that way. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds it, man. I love the sound of it. I agree, actually, 100% with that. Um, And it was, you stated actually really well, man. That was great. And uh, what I want to add about that, I want to actually want to comment quickly on on two things. The first one is this wheel within a wheel thing. Um, Obviously, I've seen all, literally all the episodes of Ancient Aliens. I've been following it since the beginning. And uh, it's the first time I saw that being suggested as a craft. And I said, okay, they they actually might have something here. This is like very interesting how they're describing this. And I was thinking about like when I visualize that, I think about like the central ball bearing that's like really well lubricated because, you know, I know something about machinery and stuff like that too. try to I try to get a broad perspective on everything. I'm picturing this like central core ball bearing in the center of this thing that's able to move in 360 degrees. And then I'm picturing one of the, like the inner wheel. I'm thinking of a disc shaped craft, like a saucer, traditional saucer. I'm picturing the inner wheel spinning like clockwise, the outer wheel spinning counterclockwise. And that makes an energy vortex. You know, you can make fusion from that, like huge amounts of energy. Especially if you go to the teachings of the Vimanas from India, they said they were mercury powered. Well, if you put mercury in a vortex and you have one you know, rotation one way, the rotation the other way, you're going to have serious charge. I guarantee that. So these are these are actually things we can look at in science. So I I see that's that side. But I, I mean, I agree. That was a really good point. Um, and I actually, believe it or not, I have not thought about this angle quite the way that you stated it. I'm very appreciative for that. It's that the, the wheels within wheels. If, for instance, if you look at the Mayan calendar system, that's exactly what it is. And if you look at your... Uh, your clock or not your clock well it's like um, an old-fashioned wristwatch you're going to see the gears within the gears within the gears well the inner gear spins very fast the outer gears spin less fast and sometimes you can have them moving one counterclockwise another one moving uh clockwise you know and it actually is a timekeeper and that's exactly what the firmament is it's a timekeeper and that's called astrology (laughs) and that's of course what i do wow <clears throat> there's yeah. so many like analogies too uh that people just overlook it's like a lot of the heavenly host is uh compared to as stars you know yeah. um uh for instance you know job 38 uh verse 7 you know job is you know they, all scholars agree it's the oldest book in the bible it says you know when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God, there's that phrase again, B'nai Ha Elohim. Every time that's used, it's talking about heavenly beings. Uh, all the sons of God shouted for joy at the sight of creation. Uh, let's see, Numbers 24, verse 17 says, A star shall come out of Jacob. You know, they're talking about Jesus. You know, right. one of my, I thought was really interesting. I never thought of it this way until I started doing this study. Uh, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 4 says, your descendants will be like the stars of heaven. That's the promise that he made to Abraham. You know, I believe here he's talking about quality of the descendants, not the quantity. They will be like the heavenly host. You know, he warned humanity about being deceived by this heavenly host in Deuteronomy. So beware, at least you raise your eyes to heaven. 
And when you see the sun, moon, and stars, and all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has commanded you not to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you um, sorry, look, mate. Well, I was just going to say quickly, and again, this, we don't, generally don't know a lot of this information because we're not told about it but this i mean astrology was studied in judaism for you know thousands of years i mean even during um forget what period it was uh but it's, oh the middle ages the the if you had a rabbi you also had alongside of that you had to have a rabbi who was very well versed in astrology so yeah, the it's a, yeah, it's an ancient practice. So this information was well understood at one time. It's just been lost, diluted along the way that you know the, these things go hand in hand. And have a have a look at the word um, tarot backwards. If you guys haven't seen that before. Backwards. Well, it's essentially it's, it's Torah. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Hang on a minute. Don't make our brains gone. <laughs> yeah, it's the word. You know, it's the word Torah. Essentially, it's a slightly different uh, spelling of it. But well, we're Torahed. Yeah, Torah, Sure. Which would be, um, same representation as a wheel within a wheel too. That goes really deep. Um. Especially with all that, like, I don't know if you guys looked too much into uh, the Gateway Project, but it was a very long, drawn-out study by the CIA where they looked into occultism and uh, hemi-syncing the brain from the left side of the brain and the right so that they were in unison. And in this document, right, they're talking about astral projection and, and things like that. So, again, this is a real CIA document. They They made it i didn't it shows in that literature that the universe is constructed of a torrid a one wheel spinning clockwise and one spinning counterclockwise and intersecting in the center and again that's that's the cia saying it so it's like yeah great it's a uh, it's crazy mate how about, okay, I want I want to say this really quick, guys. See, um, to go off what you're saying, Lux, is that uh, when I teach cosmology, of course, I teach the cosmic axis, and I'm pulling in from at least five, I mean, probably six or seven different cultures, and I'm saying, look, it's saying the same thing: a flat disc with the spheres above, and you got the dome. And um, you know, I've done a lot of presentations of that in my channel. If people want to check that out. But the thing about it that I want to say right now is that the Taurus field. Uh, well, the word earth is the same letters as the word heart. We know the heart is at the center. So the earth is a very important place because it's at the center of the um, Taurus field of our solar system. And what it does is uh, the energy is produced, I, I, I'm assuming, in the core of the earth somehow. Um, some people say it's a star, actually. There's a star at the center of the earth that's producing this energy. And then what it does is that it loops upward. And when it gets to the top, it actually descends downward. And then when it hits the bottom, it actually comes up the center back to the center, which would be the Earth. And that's an actual yeah. Taurus field 
And that's actually the model of our solar. What I would say for sure, as far as I'm concerned, the correct model of our solar system is a Taurus field. And exactly. I also have, I have Santos Panacci to thank for that as well. And by the way, also the human body, same model. It's as above, so below. And that's exactly what they're talking about in this document too, which would, um, you know, also explain these giant galactic sort of uh, seasons right that we're moving in a giant uh like a time wheel that we go through different phases over and over and over again uh not only on earth with the four um four seasons but also on a much larger galactic scale oh my god man 100 percent. and actually um i mean it's just these you guys are awesome this is this is fantastic seriously making my it's making my damn uh week and month Amazing guys. Um, yeah, this is a real conversation here. This is a real, and we're actually making progress on things, which is what I'm interested in. But um, when I teach the cosmic cycles, I teach exactly like pretty much exactly like you said, Lux. I start with the day, of course. You got a 24 hour day, and, and it, 24 hours has already been mentioned, which is you know the time of the day essentially, um, which is half light, half dark. And then the next thing that happens is you've got the month which is based on the moon cycle, which is mon, you know, mon, month, the same word, um, which is a 27 to 29 day cycle, which is actually, um, if you if you were to make the year based on that, you end up with a 13 month calendar, which is part of where the 13 comes in at 12, oh. 13. You know, you're looking at, if you go 28 times 13, you come out with, I think, 364, which is, you know, you're right there. So if we were using the moon cycle, as our the actual moon cycle is the month, we'd be damn close to 365, you know, within like 24 hours, basically. Instead, we the Hebrew calendar is based on. Uh, thirteen is thirteen, right? Yeah, the moon cycles that until the uh, the full moon comes out, the new the new month doesn't start. Right, that's, that, that's correct, man. That's what we need to get back to that 100. percent Okay, so then I just want to say a couple more um, of how I do the times. And this is the same wheel within a wheel concept. It's the same exact thing we're all talking about. you got the day, then you've got the moon cycles, which make the month. Then, of course, you've got the year. We all know about how that works with the 12 months or 13 months, however you want to do that. And then uh, you've got what's called the great year, which is 25,920 years, which is uh, 2,160 years per age. Those are called the ages like the age of Pisces, the age of Aquarius. And then on top, man, you've got some other stuff put in there. You've got the Mayan long count, which is like 5,000 something years. Um, and that's set at the proper, um, that actually matches up with what, what are called the Yuga cycles from ancient India. And the Yuga cycle is, uh, check this out guys, it's unbelievable mathematics. So the Yuga cycle is 4.32 million years long. And this is this this is the calendar from ancient India. How this long? Is four point. Four, yeah, four point three two million 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 years is, is that, one. Is that it? <laughs> yep. So I, what I did? How you this? What's that? Was that guys? I just made a joke. I said, "Is that all you possess?" Yes. <laughs> okay. So the four point three two million, if you divide. Um, 25,920 into it. Guess what you get? You get 166.66666 repeating. So that's, you know, again, it fits in perfectly. And you're seeing the 666 in there. So, like, yes, it's been designed. You know, this is a, a time clock. It's 
a master, more than, I'm sure it's more than a million years. This cycle outside of that, I can't even see. I know there is. And all it is, is you figure the beginning of the universe, that was the center of the cycle. And the further out you go, then you get longer time periods. And that's, that's what we live in. And that's what astrology is. Well, you mentioned that on earth as it is in heaven. I thought that was a really good segue. Uh, you know, in the Numbers chapter two, uh, when they first come out of uh, Exodus and they're in the wilderness wandering, you know how God gives them specific directions on where to camp, right? Mm. Well, in there, that is astronomical too. And uh, I thought that was pretty mind blowing. But you know, it's a, a a mirror image of heaven. You know, what they were given these, you know, very specific instructions. But when you go back to, uh, I think it's Genesis 49, you get the, the blessings of the children of Jacob. You know, and that's the 12 sons or, twi- or tribes of Israel. You know, if you read the blessings in that chapter, Judah was referred to as a lion. Reuben was referred to as a man with water. Ephraim, and that's Joseph. Uh, in the Jewish Targums, he was referred to as a bull or an ox. And Dan was associated with a serpent. You know, these are all constellations in the heavens. You know, the lion, Leo, the man with water, Aquarius, bull and ox, Taurus, the serpent, eagle, Scorpio. You know, these are the four cardinal points of the Babylonian zodiac again. So keep those in mind with these instructions that God gives him in Numbers uh, chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, Judah was to the east. Verse 10 says Reuben was to the south. Verse 18, Ephraim, Joseph, was to the west. And verse 25 says that Dan was to the north. You know, so it was, you know, already it was a a giant moving cross on the floor of the desert as they were wandering through, right? And in the center, you had the holiest of holies. And that's where the Levites were. And that's where they would, you know, sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat on the day of atonement. And uh, say the hidden name of God, which was, you know, yo hey vav hey, which insignificantly, I'm joking, it means Bob. behold the hand, behold, uh, <laughs> behold the hand, behold the nail. So, you, guys, um, you guys have seen Trey Smith, right? And I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, Trey's awesome. Me and him are really good friends. Oh, man. He's taught me. Uh, yeah, I've had him on the show, and we talk at least once a week. Man, I'm so happy to hear that. If he wants to join us, I'd love to have that conversation. Tell him about the um. Tell him, tell him what happens when you. <laughs> oh my God, man! I literally like. I'm not, and I'm. I'm sorry to be graphic, but I literally almost shit my pants when I saw what he did with that Yahweh symbol. With the Yahweh symbol, if you turn mm-hmm. it 90 degrees, tell tell him what happens if you turn it 90 degrees. Oh, it, it's a it's a human. It looks like a human standing. <laughs> Except it's a it's like a, a serpent head. It looks like like a reptilian. It's got that little L shape. Yeah, the rash. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's it's weird. I think it's showing you who Yahweh is, in my opinion. I think he's a reptilian. <laughs> Unbelievable. I could not believe that. Very I saw interesting. That. And I could not believe I had never seen that before. Uh, so, sorry, man. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. I mean, that was just it. I mean, the, it was, you know, when they give the instructions and laid them out and where they told each tribe to be, you know, the outside four uh, was those uh, sons in Genesis uh, 49 that was compared to the, the four animals of the constellations. 
and that's where they were. They were on the outside, north, south, east, and west, mirroring heaven. I will just say uh, one thing, Jennifer. I know you've I've, I've shown it everybody, but I've just put in the feed in the chat. I've just put that video of what uh, what our brand did, the footage. If you, um, I don't know if you want to have a quick look at it and just while we're here together, um, see what you think of it. Or have a look at it again because uh, it's still. I mean, I've watched it. I've lost count how many times I've watched that video, and it is just to me, it's beyond fascinating. Um, I have never seen anything like it before, and it just to me, it just screams out your family, which is the wheel within a wheel. Um, so to speak, or whatever it is. Can you send me that one again, General? I don't. I can't remember. If I yeah, I've actually, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, it's actually in in the the screen now. If you go, if you go back, you'll see it in. You know, like where you can send a message in this this chat we're in. Yeah, I've it's the newest chat. Yeah, I've literally just posted it now, mate. But I can, I can send, do you send it to your Instagram or do you want it? Because it's actually I'll, in Skype now. In I'll call. check it out after. That's fine. I'll check it out after. I'm trying to find the thing here. It's actually on the screen. Okay. Do you take it? Oh, wait a minute. Send it, mate. It's not a problem. Have you got it now? It's, it's actually in this chat, what we're on now. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it later. I see it, General. Thank you. You need to watch it now, mate. Now. It is crazy. That's. Oh, let me see. I've seen that a couple times too. Um, that's not the only footage that I've that I've seen that depicts that. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, it's I think it is. You know, it's not. It's not. Doesn't look like a like a blueprint of UFO. Uh, in a way, it's just just so unusual but yeah a lot of these images that people have uh, spotted i would say over the last decade at least since people have smartphones uh, a lot of them repeat you know what i'm saying it seems yeah. like there's a certain class or a different uh, yeah, yeah. grade of different uh, whatever they might be you know yeah. it's just interesting that they repeat themselves because it's like you, there'll be a video from Chile and it'll have the exact same thing as a video from California. But then it's like categorized into different, I don't know what you would want to call it. Yeah, Chile. What's that, what's that, General? He just went into slow mo. That was a weird man. It's like, uh, like you said, it's completely different. It's uh, so unusual. Um, it, you know, it's one hundred percent legit. Well, you see some of them on YouTube, and, and they just look very, uh, very suspicious. Well, that is, there's nothing suspicious about it. I think it's, it's well, it's proof. There are other things. Uh, I just wish I'd see something myself with me. You know, I actually see something walking down the street and fucking something looking up and, and there's that, you know, it would just be mesmerizing. 
Uh, I'll give you my sightings, General. You can have you can have all mine. I don't really want them anymore. <laughs> I've seen so many, man. Yeah, you've had a lot of interactions, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, I, you know, I, during the day, during the night, uh, Canada, United States, all all over the place. And um, you know, I've had weird. Uh, well, we did a show on it too, but I've had weird biological uh, side effects at times. You know, the pain in the ear, stuff like that. Some pressure in the head. You know, so they're using some kind of technology. I know they're up there. Sometimes I can't see them because they're cloaked somehow, you know, maybe a cloud or whatever, or even the color of the sky. But um, no, they're, they're in, you know, again, you know, I, I'm a, a, a sober person when I'm out in the road and it's, I'm just saying what I see. So I, I encourage people to like uh, listen and hear people out when they're telling you about the UFO stories. And if you find them credible, and this, and from my perspective, you know, this is coming from a scientist. This is not coming from, I'm not some kind of like new age, like fad guy, you know, or it's like a hobbyist. No, it's like, I'm telling you what I saw. Okay. And, 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 I, and I also do biology and science and astrology and all this stuff. So it's out there. And I, I think sometimes I did a show the other day and I was talking about how I think sometimes they have to recognize you. Like they have to know your energy signature for you to see them. <clears throat> and which might mean that you've been possibly previously abducted or you have a genetic lineage with the specific species that's up in the sky. And, uh, I mean, some people tell me about, oh yeah, I saw this really creepy looking, uh, ET or humanoid or hybrid or whatever. And I see them, uh, or they told me where they saw them and I go to that place and I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything weird. I don't see anything. And a lot of that I think has to do with our individual uh, perception. Yeah. yeah, I think I think like like we, we said, Dave, where um, maybe they're, they're looking at some sort of like possibly like you tagged, whereas you've previously got um, been abducted or had an interaction, so they they know. Um, and if they're, they're using some sort of cloaking technology, for example, a cloud, mm -hmm. which. You know, that is, boy, that's fucking perfect. Perfect disguise, isn't it? A cloud, really. Oh, yeah, except uh, for the fact that, <laughs> I mean, I, I have a story about that, too. That, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was in Alaska, I've been all 50 states. You know, I spent a lot of time in Alaska doing work in the tourism industry for about three or four years, probably about four yeah. years. And um, there's a lot of fair amount of lenticular clouds up there, which are those typical saucer-shaped clouds. And so I'm standing outside like a very remote area where I was lodging at the time where, when I was working. And I see this cloud kind of move over the mountaintop. It was in conjunction with the mountain. And I'm looking up at it and I'm like, why, you know, why do I feel weird about this? I'm just like standing there. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? I'm feeling something like, um, you know, like uh, some kind of a psychic connection with this thing. And that doesn't normally happen. Yeah, I'm not. It doesn't normally happen. I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking about all the scientists who said, oh, it's just a cloud formation. And then I'm thinking about, uh, check this out. This is interesting. So Alaska, you go from Alaska all the way down the West Coast um, and follow it all the way down. Of course, you end up in Chile. And I mean, all through there, you've got the, uh, the old Incan civilizations and Peru and all of this stuff. And there's so much talk of craft. And I mean, you see um, on, on uh, 
Oh, I think it's I think his name's Pahuti. I hope I got that correct. I don't do a huge amount with Central America. I do. Yeah, I think that's his name. He was a king. He's like a Mayan king or an Incan king. Right, Maybe. Right, okay. Yeah, he's. You guys have seen this. It's on a sarcophagus. There's a carving of him in a spacecraft. He's riding. Oh yeah, a spacecraft. I saw that. Oh my god! Yeah, and you see like the discharge of the flames coming out the bottom, and he's got his oh, hand. Binocular on one eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the. Yeah, you see, you guys know he got a binocular. His hands are on uh, controls. His feet are on pedals. I mean, come on. You know, they mm-hmm. we all knew about this stuff. It's just the the modern society. Like we we've lied to each other for so long that we just uh, we think it's all fallacy. But what I was saying is that the whole West Coast, all the way from Alaska down to Chile, like the tip of say like Tierra del Fuego, is rife with UFO activity. I mean, think about California and the Nimitz and all this stuff with the Tic Tac. You've got a whole West Coast and, and even all the West, huge amounts of UFO activity. Is, it, is that where there's that, uh, there's a certain, like a line? Or does it go down that side? Well, I think, yeah, it's, um, for me, it's, it's not like a direct longitudinal line because it curves in, you know, it crosses different time zones yeah. and stuff. <clears throat> but... I'll tell you one thing that's similar is that it's, uh, by and large, it's a very dry area. If you go down to, it's, you know, it's desert, essentially. And I was telling yeah. my friend, I'm, I'm actually in the Pacific Northwest right now. Um, and I was telling my friend, I'm like, I watched it rain here and I'm, I'm walking outside while it's raining. And then after it rains, I go outside and I'm like, it feels strangely dry out in the air, even though it's like rain for six hours. And I was asking my yeah. friend, I'm like, what is going on with that, man? And I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know what I think it is? I think the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia and even up through Alaska, like coastal Alaska, I think it wants to be a desert. Um, and if it didn't have the influence from the Pacific Ocean, it would definitely be a desert. It, because the air is like desert air, man. It's weird. It doesn't hold the moisture. Like uh, I'm from Connecticut. You know, Connecticut, when it rains, it's like, it, it's like soup for hours after Shoot. it rains. Oh man, it's thick. The air is very thick with with moisture. Oh, it's not like that up here. Yeah. So it's so it's all, it's like this dry thing going on, this kind of desert um, biome going on. And I think I think a lot of the extraterrestrials like. Well, they part of it is they can see so far um, when you have, don't have a bunch of tree cover. So like you got the Nazca lines and the Atacama giant down there in South America, and you think that okay, well I'm up in the air even a few thousand feet, I'm going to be able to see the ground really well. And so I can see where I want to go and land and stuff like that. You get to the east, man, it's all heavily uh, vegetated. Yeah, yeah. Very bizarre, isn't it, Dave, mate? Very bizarre. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin, uh, I... mate. Yeah. Go for it. Well, uh, before we go, I have to meet. I saved my 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 best one for last. Uh, and you had mentioned it uh, earlier, Dave, uh, about the the star of uh, the Bethlehem. You know, the birth of Christ. Uh, and I want to point uh, your listeners to some really good reading material if they'd like to look further into this, because this is not you know my ideas. I've I've read up on these things, but uh, Mike Heiser's reversing Hermon. He speaks on it. But uh, there's another book that he referenced that he had first read called The Star That Astonished the World by Ernest Martin. 
and also Witness of the Stars by E.W. Bollinger. But, you know, we talked, I talked earlier about, you know, Daniel being, you know, one of the chiefs of the Magi while they were in Babylon, how they studied the stars and things like that. And these uh, Magi are the ones that show up to give the three gifts that you hear about in the Bible. Well, I believe that Revelation 12 is actually about the birth of Jesus, and it's all astronomical signs. And uh, just for those not familiar with it, I was just going to read that real quick. It says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and crying out in birth things, and the agony of giving birth. And another sign in heaven appeared. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its head seven diadems. His tail swept down one-third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. The dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God into his throne. You know, John was caught up to heaven. You know, and back in time, he sees the event of the birth of Jesus from heaven. You know, the verse clearly says that he saw these signs in heaven. You know, this, this was astronomical. You know, he saw this sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. You know, this is the constellation Virgo. So these wise men saw Virgo with the sun placed inside the constellation. The sun would have to be located between 150 to 170 degrees along the ecliptic. This clothing of the sun in Virgo occurs for a 20-day period each year. This 20-degree spread could indicate the general time when Jesus was born. But the moon, also under her feet, this really narrows that window. Well, the next thing that they looked for was the, the crown of 12 stars on her head. This is the constellation the Leo. The crown of 12 stars, did you say then, Justin, mate? Yes, sir. Yes, wow. there's a crown of 12 stars on her head. So this is the constellation Leo. So it has exactly 12 stars in it. It is also known for royalty. You know, the king of the jungle. You know, Christ was the lion from the tribe of Judah. So the next thing it says, the next sign they had to look for was a great red dragon standing before her waiting to devour the child. This is the constellation Hydra. The color red locates it. Yeah. And the, the color red locates it in the southern sky. You know, where it says it sweeps away a third of the stars points to a location near his tail that is generally lacking in stars. Right above Hydra is the constellation Corax, the raven, and crater, which have seven and ten stars. Corax with seven, the number of the heads, lies close to Virgo just beneath it. You know, since people have been mapping the stars since the dawn of time, we know the heavenly bodies run the same course night after night, year after year, like a perfect clock, like we talked about earlier. Now, with our modern computers and software, we can rewind the hands of that clock and pinpoint dates astronomically. All these events happen at the same time, and it gives us a very narrow window. But like I said earlier, the moon, also being under her feet, really narrows that small window down. It's roughly about a nine-minute window to astronomically pinpoint the birth of Christ. 
when we load all this information into astrological software, we come up with a date. That date's September the 11th, 3 BC. Brilliant. Brilliant, uh, Justin. That's nice. What's really crazy is like when the angel of the Lord comes to Mary to announce that she's pregnant, and you use that timeline and go back, that puts the angel of the Lord announcing her pregnancy during Hanukkah. You know, Christ was known as, you know, uh, he was the light. So how fitting that you know, the light of the world was announced during the Festival of Lights. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant, man. And of course, and you for know, people who don't, for pe- oh, sorry, General. Good. No, no, wait, go for it, please. Go for it. I'll yeah. say, say really quickly, for people who are not familiar with astrology, um, well, first of all, I've been smiling from ear to ear the whole time Justin's been explaining this because it's so perfect. And that's how the Zodiac is... Um, is set up is that you got Vir- first of all September 11th is Virgo, and it's actually damn close to the center of Virgo. Um, Virgo is the Virgin, so Virgin it's Virgin Mary, you know. And I agree, Jesus is often described as the Lion, the Lion of Judah, you know, tribe of Judah, all this stuff. Well, that's exactly to the north of well, say the north, depending on alignments. But in the zodiac, it's just to the uh, it's just above Virgo. Leo's a sign that's just above Virgo. And I mean, totally like when the sun is in front of the sign and the moon's in front of the sign, that's your sun sign, your moon sign. That is unbelievable, Justin. I've, I know about uh, the constellation description with the 12 uh, stars and stuff. I haven't heard uh, it um, explained that far before. And it's absolutely I'm 100 percent on board with that. And it's it's sound astrologically. And the other thing that it is, it's a it's a roadmap of the human body again, because everything is always also anatomical. So when you're talking about the 12 stars on the head, you're talking about the, twain, the um, 12 cranial nerves of the brain. And those 12 cranial nerves directly interface with the 12 constellations of the zodiac, and it gives you your mental states, you know, which is called your birth chart. It's all, it's all there. It's all there. Birth chart, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think about what Jesus says, too, right, when asked, you know, um, once you're gone, who is what's what's to follow, right? I mean, Jesus is also called the the fisher of men, Pisces, right? And what is what would be the uh, the following new age? Well, it'd be the age of Aquarius. Yeah, <laughs> so what is knowledge? <laughs> right. So when Jesus is asked, you know, what's to happen when you're gone? He says, go to town, find the man who's pouring out water from the basin. It's clearly describing the the age of Pisces moving to the age of Aquarius. And, of course, like you said, the um, Leo the lion, him being the lion of Judah, could be describing those transitions between all three ages. Totally correct. That's what he said. He'd be with him to the end of the age. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I was going to say, you know, like uh, the birth of uh, Jesus stroke Christ is uh, well, let's believe the 25th of December when it's not. Could you confirm? Is is what you just said, Justin, does that confirm that he was actually born? Was it September? Yeah, September the 11th. See, I think that's why the whole catastrophe in America happened on September the 11th, because in my opinion, it, it's, uh, it's Satan trying to uh, tarnish uh, a beautiful day. 
So uh, with, yep. with that being said, with that being said, twenty um, fifth of December, that's linked or connected in some way to Uncle Nimrod. Uh, is that? Oh, so but they, that, it's uh, Antichrist. It's the inversion of the truth. You know, it's the winter right, of the solstice right. and the uh, you know uh, the worship of the of the sun god. So it's a uh, misconception. Oh yeah, it's a big lie. You know, well, let, me, let, me, let me let me play the devil's advocate. Let me let me play the other side too. I totally totally see what you guys are saying, but let me let me just explain where that comes from as well. Okay. Is that you've got the winter solstice, which is generally thought of to be the, it's usually the twenty first of December, right in there. Yeah. But what happens is, and this is how this is how it works, is that when it, the sun hits that spot, it's at the lowest point of the sky. You know. It's at the bottom of the zodiac, and that's called the the death. That's the death cycle when you're beneath the horizon. Death cycle. Okay. All, the six, all the six months beneath the horizon, that's the death cycle. The six signs, rather. Um, so what ends up happening is it's uh, between three and three and a half. I mean, I think it's actually 3.33, which is, we all know, 33. You know, that's one of the meanings. That's, the sun does not move for 3.33 days after the winter solstice when it's when i say move you could not make that up no you can't make this, you this make up. That up, could you do Hold on, so, check, so check this out so the 25th of december is the first day that you start to gain more light in the year so for three 3.33 three days you're not moving you're not gaining light you're just staying same sunset every night right and then the 25th you start actually the sun starts increasing in power and this is called the birth of the sun in the sky. Wow. You know, sun in the sky. And it's the, you're starting the other cycle of the year now. You're starting to gain power. So it is, it's, you know, all of these things are correct. It depends on how you, how you cut it. But the most important part of all for me is the moral aspect. Is that. It also are, stops in the crooks, right? It goes to the cross. The sun goes down to the cross for three days and then rises. So, I mean, that's uh, even like oh, yeah. it talks about, you know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. It tells the story of Christ. Even the heavens do. Oh, absolutely, Justin. And even more for me is actually the spring equinox, which is the true resurrection of the sun. Because then now it's coming above the horizon. You got more light than darkness. And that's why we have Easter around that time. And that's also associated with the moon as well, how that's calculated. So, you know what? You know, people in the Vatican, guys, this, this, you got to stop lying. We know that mm -hmm. you've got astrologers in, on your team. You never talk about it. You know, the billionaires, they've all got the astrologers. It's all in the stars. All of it. Amen. Remarkable. I want to, uh, can I say one more thing, guys? I know we're coming to the end, I think, right, General? Yeah, Dave, you go for it, mate. Uh, uh, go after us, mate. Okay, it's the last thing I want to say. It was uh, from a point from earlier that it's it's um, a really kind of an exciting idea to think about. A lot of people think the fallen angels were kind of the bad guys. And, I mean, believe me, I spent plenty of time with that topic. However, I, I always take, I take both sides because I don't, when I'm trying to understand something, and then after I've seen everything, then I form my opinion. And sometimes I hold contradictory opinions because it's possible for two things to be true at the same time that are contradictory, especially in quantum physics. And you, when, you get, 
dimensions and stuff like this. So what I wanted to say is that I said, all right, well, some people I've read a couple accounts that people said that the fallen angels or the watchers were actually the good guys. And I've also heard some accounts that the serpent was a good guy. Primarily, I've heard sometimes people say it was Enki. Enki was the serpent from this great serpent line of Mesopotamia. And he helped humankind, you know, when his brother wanted to destroy the planet with the flood and all this stuff. So in terms of the fallen angel topic, what I want to say is that let's just say that whoever create. OK, I'm, I'm just going to use Yahweh as the example, because that's probably the best example. Let's say Yahweh, um, the lizard man, you know, the hybrid lizard man. Um, and I believe he has benevolent and maleficent forms, both in different timelines. It's when it gets really weird. You know, you don't want to generally think about one timeline. You got to think about the whole array. Um, well, let's say that he created the solar system and he created the earth. Well, let's say there's some really benevolent angels out there and they saw what was going on here and they said, no, you're not going to do that to humans. You're not going to make animals suffer and, you know, uh, have forest fires and destroy the whole biome and stuff like this. So they said, OK, you know, what? we're going to intervene and we know that we might be destroyed, but it, we don't care because we value humans that much. So then they came down, the fallen angels came down and they said, we're going to teach you guys the stuff that they're withholding from you. So well, let's, let's say it's either the reptilians or the, I think about yeah. the, greys a lot, the greys a lot too, that they said, oh, you don't need to have that knowledge because why? Oh, it's because you're trying to control us. That's why you don't want us to know what you did and how you set up the system. So then these benevolent fallen angels come down. They're like, we'll help you guys. You know, it's going to destroy us, but we're here, we're here for you. To I teach. love the sound of this, Dave. I really do. I love it. Yeah. Please continue. Please. Well, See, that's, that's what the really... mystery schools believe, and that's what the, uh, the the Masonic, you know, secret societies and stuff believe and teach also. Oh, they say that. Is... Yeah, they say but you you got to get real deep in into masonry for them to reveal those. Secrets. Oh yeah, <laughs> so that you I mean, yeah, it's like I like I uh, told the story before. Like um, when I was in the Golden Dawn, we would go into Masonic lodges and do rituals, initiations, things like that. And I had a lot of conversations with Masons, and just they're they're totally at lower levels that they just don't get Either. told the truth. Yeah. Uh, Dave, that is uh, an absolutely fascinating perspective, mate. I love how we've uh, sort of come to a close with that. Brilliant, mate. And I, and I totally see, you totally understand to see your perspective from it. It's, it's like the opposite. You know, we lose your like, mind again. It's fascinating, mate. Yes. Yes. Uh, brilliant, that, mate. Brilliant. Yeah, great great yeah. conversation, guys. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I would, made my mind honest to God. Oh, that's good, that, mate. Uh, I. I I knew it would. I knew that we would have, uh, even though I've not done a show with uh, Justin before, just by, uh, he came highly recommended from uh, from Vicky Joy Anderson. Uh, and Vicky is, she's another phenomenal. Uh, awesome. Very lucky to have Vicky in this community. Uh, but, but I just knew that we've all got different perspectives. Uh, I just knew it would be a fascinating conversation and it really was. I love every second of tonight. Thank you very much, everybody. I really mean it. Great, guys. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Top, I feel top like we just uh, barely scratched the surface, too. It's nuts. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I got yes. about 12 more pages for next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Hey, if we could do a part two, it would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, and you guys, let you know, let me know too. Um, I'm happy to come on your your shows as well. So just let me know when. Try to find a time. Oh, Lux, Dave, it's nice to meet you guys. It's good time hanging out. Yes, thank you, everybody. Uh, right before we all go, would you all like to uh, let everybody know where they could get hold of you, like plug your show, please? So if you've got any questions, they can hit you up straight away. They can. I will add everything to the show notes on that board. Justin, do you want to go first, mate? Yeah, uh, the podcast I got is called the, the Dig Bible Podcast. Uh, we say it's a podcast for the curious Christian. You know, we uh, we're not afraid of the to ask the hard questions and dive into the weird stuff. Uh, we talk giants, we talk fallen angels, Book of Enoch, uh, many great guests. We've had Trey Smith, uh, Judd Burton, uh, Doctor Aaron Judkins, uh, Timothy Alberino, and uh, we actually talked to Gary. We got him coming in a few months. It's just uh, just good questions and stimulating conversation. But you can find us anywhere podcasts can be found. We just launched a YouTube channel. I just started making videos and stuff. And our website is thebigbiblepodcast.com. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Uh, Dave? Uh, yeah, then just thanks again, guys. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Facebook's probably the best. You know, it's Dave Petrella under Facebook, P E T R E L L A. I'm on Instagram, Dave Petrella12. Uh, of course, my YouTube channel, it's under Dave Petrella. I try to keep things all consistent, you know, so it's easy for people to find. Um, I've got some links, you know, uh, I've got a PayPal link down there. I think uh, General's going to put that up. If you guys can support me, I really appreciate it. And in fact, I really need it to continue, you know, doing shows. I really need the, the financial support, so I appreciate that. I've got the Patreon link down there as well, which I just started uh, yesterday, actually. So if you're interested in supporting me there, I'm uh, very thankful. And, um, you know, check out, I've got a, a full array of uh, huge numbers of videos on my YouTube channel, all different. I, I'm not scared of any topic at all. Uh, some people know who know my work, and so uh, feel free to spend some time checking that out. I have a full list of services. Um, you can see it on uh, the About section on my YouTube channel. Of course, full astrology services is a list of all the things I do, um, spiritual guidance, and also uh, health tips and principles of Eastern medicine. So let me know, guys. I'm always happy to, to get back to you. Happy to help you. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Um, looks. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, the conversation was awesome. Again, this is the type of uh, stuff that really gets the wheels turning and and helps us to answer the questions that like we're all searching for you know so yeah surely but you can find me best place is on twitter at lux eighth a-e-t-h i'm going to be re-uploading a lot of old content uh, to spreaker soon so go over there and check it out uh, you can also find me on OnlyFans um at the naked magician um <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding about. I'm just kidding about that one. But <laughs> that's funny as hell. You just got some people excited for nothing. <laughs> the old baby squeeze. Um, but fucking hell, we got some exciting new content that's going to be coming out with General Lee and I. So stay oh, tuned, yes, and yes. can't wait for you guys to see what we're going to be uh, putting out. Yes, um, 
results. You know, everything happens for a reason, mate. And and this project, what we are beginning, it is it's gonna be something else for sure. Yeah. Uh, seriously, it's gonna be incredible, mate. I can't wait. I can't wait for it, mate. Me too. Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll just give you a little bit of, uh, I call it a little tickle, um, bit of a tease. Um, think of what we did with the occult symbolism in NRO part one. Think of that, but tenfold. And not yeah. just one episode, a lot more. And it is um, to have for me to have the opportunity. It is. Um, oh, it's. It means the world to me. It means the world to me. Just like you do, mate. Yes. You know, um, you've always had my back, especially with um, you know how things are for me at the minute. It makes a difference when you've got uh, friends who, who are there. They've got your back. Like everybody on this call has um, has been with me. I can't thank you enough. It, it means a lot to me. Yeah, you are what you're doing, man. No. Thank you. But yeah, it's uh, like speaking with uh, people like yourselves. It uh, it helps. It helps a lot. And uh, like like tonight. I've loved every minute of it. I think it's been extraordinary. Yeah, you guys are all you guys are all great. And if I don't get out, um, if I don't get out what I think either, you know, it's not good for me either. And I, I, I need to talk about this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. a, you guys too. I'm sure. If I don't, it's just like a, a waste away, man. You know, no yeah, one cares. Wants to talk about it. Okay, it's the only thing I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah we're always here anyway, mate. Something I just wanted to point out, I found really fascinating about just talking like this conversation in particular is that a lot of times in the community that we're in, right, talking about everything from UFOs to you know, conspiracy, a lot of times there seems to be like content creators that have a hard line, as in everything that they're saying is absolutely the truth. I really loved just hearing from everybody, keeping an open mind and entertaining the thought that two things can be true at once. And I think it, you know, it's it's a good way to uh, approach these these subjects for sure. Yeah. A pancake has always got two sides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a southern uh, man. We like pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin, what, what what state are you, what state are you in? If you don't mind telling me. Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah, great state. Yeah, I'm an Appalachia boy. <laughs> Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Right, gentlemen, uh, once again, thank you very much. Fascinating episode, part one. Oh, we're going to have to do a part two, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, it looks purely uh, scratched the surface, I think. It has just been so deep, some of the areas. And, and, and that's what that's what the listeners need. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, we're here for truth. We've not got alternative agendas. Our agenda is truth. That's right. That's right. That's what it's all about. Um, and and when, but, when you're in 
when that's your agenda, everyone wins as well, you know, and everyone profits and we have prosperity. Spot on. Kind to each other, you know. Yeah, spot on that, mate. Spot on. Uh, gentlemen, um, it has been a true honour speaking with everybody. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, um, I will stop recording now. And thanks again. Uh, I've got a daft smirk. Uh, and <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for This six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.